Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today, in 2020, we're starting a discussion on Castlevania Lords of Shadow. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me today, as always, are the homies. First off, we have Trevor. What's going on? And last but not least, we got the homie, Greg. What up? So we're we're a little late, a little late with this game. Um, it's, I guess, like almost mid-January, and we just had a pretty packed uh, holiday uh, month of December where either I was gone or somebody else was gone or whatever, so we just didn't have time to set aside to record this episode, and now here we are. <laughs> Better late than never. Right. Um so this is uh, Greg's game uh, for this month. Uh, so I'm going to kick it to him so he can introduce it. All right. So uh, this was another game that had been in my backlog for a pretty long time. So I always uh, kind of liked the Castlevania games, but in passing, I guess I wasn't like a he. I've played some of the DS games. I've ever finished the Castlevania game. Um, just kind of a series. And the original trailers for this game it got me kind of hyped for it along with seeing Kojima's name, so uh, they kind of put it on my radar. So I figured it'd be a good... <clears throat> so, Castlevania Lords of Shadows is an, uh, an action-adventure game that was... It was published by Konami on October 5th, 2010. A PC port was released. Uh, the game was originally announced as Lords, Lords of Shadow and did uh, Castlevania in the title. This was done to upstage the other Castlevania time, which was Castlevania Judgment, uh, which that game, I think, didn't turn out too well. Um, the game was later revealed as Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Konami was looking to reboot Castlevania due to poor sales. This was an attempt to try to... Uh, Konami had multiple prototypes in development to become the next Castlevania game. Konami told Mercury Steam it would be an original IP when it was first. Uh, eventually, they asked them to cease work on the title in the early stages until the producer of the title, David Cox, showed... Uh, at which point, Konami... Uh, Mercury Steam is a uh, Spanish studio... I couldn't find much on them, and they had a small amount of experience previously. They were a game called American McGee's, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> American McGee Presents Scrapland and... You keep muting yourself. Are you doing it on purpose? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I was trying to cough. Oh, oh, okay. You feel <laughs> a little under the weather? Yeah. Oh. Um, Alright, so the original plan was for Lords of Shadow to be a remake of the first Castlevania stars, but was changed to be a reboot. Uh, Lords of Shadows still keeps some of the key elements forming and puzzle solving, but also tries to be a bit more ambitious. Uh, as far as Kojima's part in the game, he sort of worked as a consultant. He advised a uh, redesign of the main game, assisted in the localization for the ejectors for the, from the Metal Gear series. Uh, outside of that, he largely let Mercury Steam kind of have reign of the uh, Mercury Steam aimed to create a more dark art style for the title, as they felt previous Castlevania titles boyish depiction uh, the title also received two DLC episodes, which are meant to explain the story's ending, but David Cox referred to these as, like, I tried to go look up exactly what he meant by that, but I couldn't find the exact, I didn't play the DLC, so I can't really speak to that, but it, it does, the DLC kind of does touch on, uh, the, I guess it's kind of like a surprise ending, I guess. Does it though? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the reception to Lords of Shadow was, was uh, pretty positive. And the title ended up with around. The reviews praised the implementation of Element, although some found issue with how derivative it felt. And uh, the title was a commercial success, and by November of that year, it had sold. 
which ended up making this uh, Konami, Konami's uh, best-selling Castlevania title. Schools in the Lords of Shadow series were released. Uh, Lords of Shadow Mirror of Fate for the 3DS, which takes place 25 years after Lords of Shadow. And then Lords of Shadow 2, which was in 2012 and released. Okay. Um, um, so you said this had been in your backlog. Have you started it and got a couple hours in? or? Yeah, so like I played... Probably like maybe five or I had, had checked it out, but the thing that kind of messed it up for me the first time was like I just couldn't get over it. I, well, I guess I played this on PC this time, but when I originally played it, it was on 360, and I just couldn't get over the frame rate. Like that was by far one of the most annoying things about the game was just kind of how like, framey and chuggy it is, and like you would kill enemies, the game would just hitch up. Um, so I couldn't really get over the technical stuff, but um, definitely plays a lot better on PC now. And I'm guessing, because uh, I, I read a couple of reviews of the game and that was brought up. Was it mostly when enemies were, a lot of enemies were on the screen? Like the, mm-hmm. the typical? Okay. Yeah, there's just like a lot of, because, you know, there's like blood spatters sometimes when you take out enemies and that yeah. was like another issue. And uh, how many other ones did you say you had played? Um, I played whatever the first one on DS was. I played two of the ones on Game Boy Advance and then I guess... I got like as a kid, I probably played the original a good bit of Castlevania Forum, but that's kind of oh, and I did play uh, Symphony of the Night when I was going to ask <laughs> arcade. Yeah, I forgot about. Okay, so you have a, I guess you had an expectation going into this game, like what you were getting into, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, what about you, Trevor? What is your background with Castlevania? So I've played Metroidvania games. And of course, I played Metroid games. <laughs> I know there's like a through line there. I've never played any exact Castlevania games. And that's kind of where my first disappointment came in on this one. Not in the game, but like, I've, as far as I knew before I started playing this, most Castlevania games have been 2D. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I was expecting with this one until I actually turned it on and, and started playing it. Um, but other than that, I have not touched a single Castlevania game. I don't know how I would feel if this was experience with Castlevania. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same exact boat as Trevor. I've played many uh, Metroidvania games. I've played Metroid, but I've never played a Castlevania. Um, just the circles that I ran with when I was a little bit more heavy in the FGC, like, I had a lot of friends that were really, really, really into Castlevania, and, uh, I've watched friends play one of the Castlevanias on the original PlayStation, but, um, it just, I don't know, like, it looked cool, but it also just kind of, like, I was playing 3D games, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, like, I didn't grow up with this game, and it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I need to go back and play this, I feel like I'm missing a huge gap in my uh, knowledge about video games or whatever, Um, so this was one that I knew maybe a little bit more going into it than Trevor, I knew this was a departure from the classic uh, Castlevania uh, gameplay um, but I knew that this one was also one I, I've at a couple of times I've contemplated throwing a Castlevania game on a list for us to vote on because I knew it was I knew it was a gap in my gaming knowledge about the, the the series and this was 
one that I would have put on myself uh, because I knew it was a departure from the classic series. Um, so I, I was happy that this game was chosen, and I'm, I'm happy that this showed up on a list. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I guess um, story-wise, to kind of set this up, the character, if I'm not mistaken, like the, the confusing part for me as a non-Castlevania player is there's so many protagonists in the series. Yeah. And they're all in from the same Belmont family, if that is that right? Uh I believe it's part. Oh, and just just to let you guys know too, um, we were supposed to have one of Trevor's friends, uh Jared on. Um uh, he's a I guess he would have been our huge Castlevania fan and he was supposed to review this with us, but unfortunately like we got so behind on recording and everything like we we were like we have to put up you know this episode and unfortunately he is out so sorry we don't have people a little bit more knowledgeable about castlevania for this episode (laughs) but if you do have any um insight on the games of the series or want to correct us we are watching the uh the twitch chat so leave us a message if we need a correction or or something so um the plot from what I remember uh, uh, is Gabriel is the character Gabriel Belmont. He is a member of the Brotherhood of Light, which is, um, I guess, like a, a a group that watches over and protects protects people. And um, uh, he, this is not. Um, He's a member of the Brotherhood of Light, an elite group of holy knights who protect and defend innocent people against supernatural creatures. His wife, Marie, was brutally murdered by one of these creatures, and her soul cannot leave as it is trapped in limbo. Because she is neither alive or dead, she realizes what is at stake and guides Gabriel to his destiny to save the world as he investigates the dark spell. Uh, He travels a destroyed land, meeting other characters... um, and I think the whole point is he has to defeat these, um, uh, he has to create this mask called the, uh, God mask. And, um, that has the power to resurrect the dead and he's trying to resurrect his wife. And in order to do that, he has to travel the land to defeat the three factions of the Lords of Shadows in order to obtain the pieces of the God mask. Um, is that sound about right um yeah so pretty generic <laughs> like <laughs> that, if there was one word i could use to describe say like i don't know like the um the the interesting thing is the game uh so the, the i get i will say the voice acting in this game is pretty good um I, re- I immediately recognized the narrator was Patrick Stewart, which yeah. I was like, oh, okay, okay. And it's funny because the guy that plays Belmont, uh, Gabriel Belmont, is voiced by Robert Carlyle. And I literally just watched a movie with him in it yesterday night, not even realizing it until I was looking up this game last night. I was like, oh, it's not. What's that guy? Um, so apparently they were supposed to have Gerard Butler be one of the voice actors, but it didn't pan out. So. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it, it, it doesn't, the, the story is not why we're here. Uh, I think the gameplay is the reason why. Um, 
and there is a lot of gameplay. Um, is so kind of <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You said is there like yeah. as in <laughs> as in yeah, there is. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying like oh, there is. <laughs> um, so this game, like Greg was saying, is uh, kind of like a how do you a character action game? Is that yeah. a um, our third person action adventure game? So the combat revolves around uh, Gabriel's combat cross, uh, combat cross, which is a, I think it's a cross that has holy water infused in it, and it has a retractable chain whip. Um, so you have some range on your attacks, and um, you're com- uh, doing combos. There, there, you know, there's a uh, a primary like a heavy attack and a area uh, uh, attack that is slightly weaker, but it hits multiple enemies. And um, I think uh, you also get some some secondary weapons that you get unlocked throughout the game. So they have like knives, they have holy water. Um, there's these like butterflies that like... Oh, the uh, fairies? Yeah, the fairies that um, they get the enemy's attention and distract them. And then they also have a magic system, um, uh, which I thought was super sick. That was maybe like uh, when when I really got into the game. But let, let's start with the, just the, the the basic combat first. Um, the thing, what did you think about the basic combat? I guess mm, it was it was fine. I guess like it. I guess that's the best way to put it. it. It was fine. Like I wasn't wild by it. I do appreciate that unlock, but mm-hmm. I think early on it kind of starts out as just like your uh, God of War type. You know what I mean? It's button mashing. Kind of, sorta. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you, Trevor? Dante in the chat said Ninja Gaiden light. That I agree with that a hundred percent. Like, so the thing about this game is you're not you have one weapon you're not cycling through different weapons. Like, you have different items that you can use, but for the most... You're, you're, you're using your combat cross. That's your only weapon. Um, so I did feel like when I would get into a fight, I resorted to the same combos over and over again. And as you're progressing and getting more experience and unlocking more combos and more attacks and upgrades, like... Yes, I have a bigger arsenal of things, but I, I still, for the most part, found myself using my same like core five or six moves. Yeah, and I, I, I will agree that it is not as like fluid as I guess the Devil May Cry or um, a Ninja Gaiden, where it's like, oh, I'm cycling through my two weapons that I have equipped, and I can quickly, you know, string this combo or whatever. But I don't think this is what that game is like. It has those aspirations, but it like the thing I really appreciate about this game is it felt like a character action game, but I didn't feel like I was getting judged literally because there was no like score that you were getting at the end of an encounter. Yeah. You know, like you didn't have to worry about like there was a combo meter that you got that um didn't it build you more magic or right? Yeah, whatever the the thing that the whatever the not the currency. The you know you get the light and dark magic it yeah you yeah basically once you fill that up 
uh, once you keep the combo going, you get this kind of essence that goes towards that. But yeah, and and so I appreciated that there was like nothing. It, it just sounds stupid, but I, for whatever reasons, perform super poorly in games where you are rate your combat ability is rated. Just uh, performance anxiety. I guess. Like I don't know what. Like I remember when I played Bayonetta. Like I had all wooden trophies <laughs> or whatever was <laughs> like. <laughs> I never got medals. And it's just like something about, like even in Ninja Gaiden, I think only one time I got anything beyond Rookie Dog or Ninja Dog or whatever. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I appreciated that the game had, it felt like I was playing one of those games, but I didn't get the, the feedback that said, oh no, you actually suck at this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. And it's more so, like whenever your grade is based on time or time is one of the factors in your grade because mm-hmm. a lot of times with combat I'll generally take as much time as I need to exactly like I'm I'm not trying to go for any records I'm not speed running usually so I'll you know play mostly defensively and that'll end up throwing off my score because you know time is a huge part of it Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm usually bad when it comes to any kind of rating system in games like that. And I feel like it's also a little bit like unfair for us to say like that is. I'm bad at those, but I understand that the, the type of people that you shouldn't be good on the first try of a game either. And typically I'm playing those type of games one time. Whereas, like, the people that get the most enjoyment and are, like, the super fans of, like, God of... Not God of War, but, like, DMC, Ninja Gaiden, are the type of people that are going to grind it out and unlock everything and just ring that game dry of all its content, you know? Where they're going to play it on every single difficulty. They're going to have all these uh, new game pluses and, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, that is not me in those types of games. But I still like, I'm like, I'm better than what the score is telling me I am. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so we touched on a little bit, but the, the magic system was uh, what I really, really dug about this game. And um, basically you had two meters uh, attached to your, tri- uh, what is it, your, your shoulder buttons. So you had a light, light magic system and a, and a shadow magic system. So the light one... When you attacked, you had to uh, activate it. And as soon as you activated it, it starts depleting the meter. And basically, whenever you would hit enemies, you would gain a little bit of light, uh, life back, HP back. And um, alternatively, on the shadow uh, magic, when you activated that, you would do additional damage your attacks would. And so... Um, there was a, and then there was a couple of like new abilities and new combos uh, that you that you got associated with each of those as well. So there was like stronger attacks that you would do. Like I think when you parried with light, um, with the light magic activated, it would do a blinding light and everybody would be stunned. Or um, with the, um, they had another one where you did the the chain you swung it around your head like a helicopter, like Petey Pablo. And um, it would suck It would suck the enemies in, but it would also like, suck their, their life. And it was an easy way for you to get life back. And then uh, with the shadow, there was one that um, 
I think you started flinging your your whip around in like a. Uh, it was like a, 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 a like a beam from like Dragon Ball, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it did a ton of damage. Um, but uh, the thing I, I dug about it is like when you didn't have anything activated, you're trying to keep your combo meter up because your combo meter is what builds uh, you getting back magic. And then, because uh, when, you, when you're when you using a magic, um, when you're activated light or shadow mode, you're not getting any magic back, it's depleting. So there was like a constant like triggering it on to get a little bit of life back, triggering off so you could build some magic back, triggering shadow. And it, like, I felt like it was a cool, you didn't have to use it that way, but I, I did and I really dug dug it and it was like a cool kind of meter management mid fight and I, I really dug that about it mid encounters did you guys use it the way I did or did you guys just kind of like eh whatever nah I mean I kind of use it the same way for the most um, or it was like I would just kind of lean on the uh, I guess it's the light magic because if I was messing up or whatever it'd be like oh okay well let me activate this so I can try and get some health back and I would use both of them pretty evenly, I want to say. At least after I got the um, the shadow magic. Because mm-hmm. um, they... I mean, this is one of my favorite features in the game. Definitely mine it, too. It's like... One is assigned to each hand. And so that kind of helps you... Easily toggle it. Yeah. Like, orient yourself. It's... I don't know. It was kind of... It was pretty intuitive. Like the way they um, they assigned it to the controller, but yeah, understanding how it either added to your health or it added to your damage. I don't know. It was just a really cool feature. So I I was constantly using both of them whenever my health got low. I would use a light magic. Um, whenever I got a successful parry on an enemy, and you know it did the um, the stun. Yeah, the stun. I would just. Turn on my shadow magic and, and, and go just ham. go ham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, and, and also, like, um, as you're as you're upgrading your character, you're getting like, um, I guess, additional uh, mechanics are being added, like the little pull mechanic that he has, where he can like hook onto something and pull a wall down. Well, and then he had that double jump with the wings. They also added like things specific to light and shadow. So like, he had the the shoulder charge. Um, that he got, and then the run with the the the, the, the boots, yep. and um, mm-hmm. the uh, the bionic the, the punch as well too. And so, like I, I also appreciated how they implemented the um, the traversal stuff with the light and shadow uh, magic system as well. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like I think it the combat was really really simple, uh, like like basic. Um, with the with the, just the combat cross, and I really liked them adding the the magic system because it, it made it, even though it was uh, easy, it made it more fun. I guess if that makes any sense. Like I enjoyed playing. I didn't feel like I like there was something that kept me in, involved in in like wanting to keep playing, and like something that I had to pay attention to. Where I'm just not, you know, mashing out the same combos. I'm also like actively like meter management is happening and I'm trying to make sure that I'm like doing a lot of damage and making sure I'm not using too much magic and all that stuff. 
And you explained how you fill those gauges too, didn't you? Yeah, probably okay. poorly. <laughs> well, I, I want to say um, one thing about it and just to kind of reiterate. So in order to fill your light magic and your shadow magic, um, you get it by making successful attacks on enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, You're keeping a chain going. Right. Or um, combo, I should say. Once you get hit, you lose it. Not necessarily a combo, but just until you take damage. Sure. Um, it, it slowly like deple- depletes too when you're not uh, like at, when when you're like if you clear a room out and it's full when mm-hmm. you're w- walking in the environment it's also going down there too. Okay, I didn't realize yeah. that. So yeah. once you fill that that meter or that that combo meter, um, you start um, every attack that you get on an enemy creates like an orb of magic. Not uh, what it, what is it called? Neutral. Magic. Neutral magic. And um, you can absorb it to your light meter, your light magic meter, or your shadow ma- magic meter. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You had, like, two, like, depending on if you clicked in the left thumbstick or the right thumbstick, mm-hmm. yeah. you would suck. Like, with the left thumbstick, it was the light magic, and the right was shadow. And depending on which one you sucked it with, you would get it back in that meter. And so this this was a cool concept. The only thing I'll say is it's not very good for button mashers because, like, if you're in the middle of a combo, you can't, I guess, cancel your combo to stop and pick up neutral magic. Hey, that's or, good. That, that I think that's <laughs> it, that's the I think the intended yeah th- thing they were going for is like, yeah, you can mash out and be stuck in this animation of doing this attack. But then if your magic goes away, then you're going to be sad about that. So you shouldn't be mashing. You should be calculated in how you're mm-hmm. doing things. And you also have to kind of roll and dodge um, to get to a, a safe spot so you can absorb the neutral magic. Yeah, and parry things. Because like, mm-hmm. it's it's literally like you, you stand still and you put your arm out. So you can't move while you're doing it. So you have to do it in a, a point of combat where you're not going to get an attack. And you're close enough because it only has a certain range to it too. So like, like that. That's that's what I liked about the combat was that they added that magic uh, mechanic because it, it forces it makes the battlefield go from like yeah you're in this big wide arena, but now you have to play around the enemies that you're fighting against, and you have like all this range. But if you kill them from way far out, it's going to be harder for you to suck the magic up. So you kind of have to play where they're at and kind of. Uh, game plan how you were going to take them down. And so it made it more, like, the, the combat more proactive. So it was a pretty basic combat, like, just the fact that you had a single weapon and it was the, the combos where you could hit people from far away and it did a lot of damage and all that stuff. But the real fun in the combat came when they added that magic mechanic and you had the meter management you had to deal with in regards to when you wanted to use stuff, but then also re-getting your magic back. Um. Anything else combat wise? Uh, unless we want to save like, uh, like boss fights and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll save the boss fights. Um, yeah. there was another thing. I guess they added was the, the mounts or creatures in this game. Oh yeah, and they kind of like. Uh, actually, before I do that, one other thing about combat. Another thing why I liked the game 
was that you could go into the menu and see the attacks. Even ones that you didn't have unlocked, you could see the animation and the... uh, You could see the button input, which I think every game, action-adventure, character-action game, has that. But being able to see the animation to kind of see what the attack looks like was very helpful for me. So, like, when I was like, okay, I want to buy an attack or I'm trying to plan out what the next thing I'm going to get is, being able to see what it did before I unlocked it was very helpful for me. And that is not something that every game does. And it, it, it was beneficial for me, the baby uh, action-adventure play. Because uh, I think that was my complaint about um, Metal Gear uh, and... Um, Ninja Gaiden. Whereas, I think in Ninja Gaiden, you could see the attack. Like, you could see the, the input. But okay. I had no idea, like, it, it didn't show you a video or, like, anything. So, it was like, I had no idea if you I was really doing it correctly. To... Say that again? Uh, I was going to say, you just didn't really know how to apply it because you can't really see what it... Exactly, exactly. And then, um, I, I don't remember if Metal Gear... I think it showed it after you bought it. I think it showed you. But I could be mistaken. But that was something that I remember talking like, this is why I like Bayonetta, because you could see the attacks, and you could also practice the attacks in the loading screen. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, shout-outs to them for doing that. Um, but yeah, back to the mounts. They kind of... And this is, I guess, uh, before we talk about the mounts, we can talk about the platforming. So that is another thing that is... Uh, very common in the Castlevania series, um, utilizing your combat cross in this game as like a grappling hook, or I don't know, like a like an Indiana Jones whip. <laughs> but yeah, you can swing across cannons. There's a lot of um, climbing involved in this, and like I said, like later on, you get items that like you can run, you can double jump. Um, what did you guys think about the platforming in this game? Uh, I liked it. I mean, it, I guess the, uh, I guess because Castlevania is typically like a like exactly the same in this, but like to me the way that game it reminds me of like the Uncharted games and that. I guess the God of War games did a little bit of platforming too, but they put you in like these big environments. Yeah, you really see the sense of scale with the uh, that the lip. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think uh I definitely appreciate it. I liked it. Trevor. This this game is good. I don't know what else to say. Um the platforming specifically um was probably my reason. So just so the listeners can kind of put things in perspective, we released our um I guess like our game of the year list. Um what about a month ago, and yeah, right around Christmas time. And even though we hadn't recorded this episode yet, we went on ahead and put Castlevania on that list. And I know Dante said he was surprised, but this game was kind of high on my list. And the platforming was probably the reason why this game was so high on my list. Is because most people know I'm a huge fan of Assassin's Creed, like those kind of games. Um, Tomb Raider, so anything that involves like climbing and really good level design that requires traversal, which is another reason why I really enjoyed 
um, Unch- uh, not Uncharted. Um, God, the name just escaped me. Assassin's Creed. I was, no, I was gonna say Journey to the West. Um, oh, enslaved. Enslaved. But yeah, that was the reason why I enjoyed that game so much. So, um, yeah, this game was like right up my alley. Even though I was disappointed that it wasn't one of the two D games. Once I saw that it involved climbing and and using your your grappling hook to to repel yourself and and all that, um, it just immediately shot up my list. When you saw how it was implemented, right. So for me, I guess I'm gonna be. This, platforming for me in this game was hit or miss. Sometimes it was really cool, and sometimes I thought it sucked. And we haven't talked about it yet, but it was really dependent on the camera angle. <laughs> See, and, huh? I only found the camera angles to be like a problem during uh, combat, but like even then, it weren't usually that bad. It was just like one weird situation here and there but like for the the platform i didn't notice it to be that bad for me it was i think it was early in the game when you were at the 2d the 2d view for whatever reason it just like i was missing a lot of jumps that i didn't feel like i i don't know it it, it was just really really weird for me um the thing i appreciate about this game and i don't know if this is the Hideo Kojima uh, touch on this or whatever, but like any time they had platforming, they kind of panned the camera out so you could see the environment behind. Like you get a bigger glimpse of what's going on, and if not the fore the, the foreground and the background, and just the environment, and so it kind of made the world seem larger than life in a lot of instances because it's like. Yeah, you're in this castle that's ruined and like, you know, falling apart, but look at the landscape in the background. Or um, when you were in like some big dungeon with um, uh, water creatures, and like, I don't know, like it it did do a, a great job of creating a sense of awe with the environment that was going on. But just. I didn't need to see that, but it was cool to have it too at the same time. And like a lot of times it didn't hurt my experience, but there was just a couple times where it was like, I wish I could either move the camera just to kind of look ahead or like just tilt the camera ever. I, I, I don't know. Like the, the one I'm thinking of specifically is the clock tower. I hated the, the, the platforming in that section. Uh, fair enough. I didn't, I didn't find an issue. That was like one of my favorite areas, but I mean, I, I guess I can see how maybe platforming in there. The, there's one jump in particular that's kind of funky, so I think I know what you're talking about. And yeah, and 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 then the um the uh anytime there was platforms, like moving platforms for whatever reason, that gave me a little bit of pause. Uh, the music box level was another one. <laughs> Uh, yeah okay I'll give you that yeah it it just like like but then there's other times when I really liked it like um the the uh platforming when you were chasing that creature up the um it was like one of the few pseudo stealth sections of the game when you're chasing that creature up out wait 
Are we talking about the thing that steals your power, your magic? And no, no. Magic? Actually, oh, I, oh. I think I might actually be talking about the DLC. Um, I, might, I actually might be talking about the DLC. There, there was a part in the DLC where you're like, there's this creature that you accidentally unleashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the DLC. But um, anyways, he's at the bottom of this like pit, and uh, he is a lava creature, and the lava is rising, and he's climbing out of the pit, and you are climbing out of it too, but behind him and not trying to be seen, and that part was really cool. A lot of the platforming when you're going, like, when you're, when your character goes around a corner of, like, a castle wall or whatever, and, like, the camera kind of shifts over, those are typically really cool. Um... So, like, there's a lot of platforming that I do like in this game, but there's just enough of, like, instances where I'm like, oh, this part sucks that I can't be, like, 100% there. The thing I will say, like, I love Enslaved. The ga- I love the game Enslaved. And um, I really, really enjoyed the... I only played the first two Assassin's Creed's. And I feel like this is, like, right in the middle of, like, I feel like Assassin's Creed... Um, gave you the most amount of freedom as far as platforming in a 3D game that I've um, played. And I feel like Enslaved was like, you got to go from here to here. And there was like not a lot of nuance. And like, you're just hitting these these exact marks. Um, and I felt like this game was like a, a good mix of the two. It was right in the middle, if that makes any sense. On that. I mean, I, I don't think it gives you that much, like, well, I guess it doesn't give you nearly as much freedom like a Assassin's Creed. I'm just trying to think, like, I guess maybe, yeah, because, I, I, like, I, I you know, have a big gap in knowledge as far as games because I was playing fighting games for so long, so I, and I don't play a lot of AAA games. So, <laughs> like, the only games I could think of uh, were, like, Assassin's Creed, um enslaved and mirror's edge as far as games where i'm doing like a 3d game where i'm doing platforming and mirror's edge is completely different because there's multiple paths that you can take and everything so like taking that out i'm like okay mirror's edge doesn't count so enslaved it's like you're going from one glowing uh foothold on the wall to the next and like it's it's like you're not choosing where you're going you're just holding up and hitting a you know yeah and it's not like it's there's a little bit of that in this game, but then they add some of the freedom and like the swinging and the, um, uh, I guess really it is just the swinging to be honest. I mean, yeah, because as far as okay, it, it adds a little bit more of the elements from like an Assassin's Creed game where you have to decide which way to go, um, in order to get to a specific point, um, especially when they added in boss battles. Um, I don't know if you remember, like, uh, I want to say it was at least two of the bosses where you have to kind of climb them in the yeah, style yeah. of, um, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, yeah. Um, but certain things like that where it's not necessarily just... A linear path. Right. That's, yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, like, it's not quite enslaved where it's like everybody that plays this has to go the same route. But it isn't as free form as, like, freaking Zelda. <laughs> like, Breath it's, of the Wild. it's understandable if you end up missing a ledge that you're supposed to find and falling to your death. 
Yeah. More, more so than um That don't happen in enslaved. Right. <laughs> that don't happen in enslaved. <laughs> the only way that happens if you stayed on a platform that was falling too long, right. you know? Yeah. Um But and again, like I didn't have any problems with that. It was mostly the little the the, the few sections where it was like more platforming not even platforming heavy it was just like really weird like i don't even know what to blame for the music box level and the clock tower i just didn't care for those two levels like the the concept of the music box level was really cool but i didn't really care for the execution of it i thought it was pretty good but that just like some of the i'm about to use the p word (laughs) Oh, I mean, well, we de- we definitely got to talk about that at some point. Cause yeah, like, we definitely going to talk about the peas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a core mechanic in this game. So what, you want to you go to the bosses or to the peas? Let's go on ahead and get the peas out the way. Okay. Well, actually, one more thing before we do that. Um, along with the platforming and the exploration, they added those, those, those mounts. Or like those animals that are like... They're larger versions of existing creatures. Like there's a troll, there's a giant spider. Um, and these characters are like characters that you can kill, but then you can also like utilize them to help you in in very specific situations. Yeah, yeah, very specific situations where it's like, oh well, this platform is super far away. Um it, but oh, you're gonna fight this giant spider, so like dizzy the spider then hop on his back and shoot a web bridge from this platform to this and then there you go now you can go further or you can use this uh giant uh lichen and ram the the wall or this warthog i guess and jam the wall and uh ram the wall and knock over knock the wall uh down and now you can get to the next section and i don't know like it was fine. <laughs> like, I don't think it was needed, you know? They could have easily made it... Like, like at the beginning, when they put you on that horse, and they told you... Oh, boy. They basically gave you all these tutorials about how to do combat on the horse. Yeah. And since it's so early in the game, I'm thinking, okay... There's going to be a lot of this. Yeah, we're going to be fighting on a horse on horseback. I think uh, it was the only section. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why did they spend so much time teaching you to do this? And and each mount is different, so you know they didn't really need to go into that. It honestly could have been more of a, a cutscene, like once you um, stun the they're not really bosses, but I guess like a sub boss or an enemy that you can mount. Um, it goes into a cutscene or something like that, like it did with the um, the very first uh, lichen that you fight, the big mm-hmm. one. Where you have to um, get it to jump on to the, uh, uh, that, I guess it's like a log, but it has like a sharp point on the end of it. The stake? Yeah. And it's just like, why couldn't they have done more stuff like that? Yeah, like, like honestly, by the end of the game, you have all these abilities. Like, you have the run plus the double jump and the punching through walls and the shoulder charge that you don't even need these these big animals anymore. So it's almost like, why don't they just add more platforming opportunities to get to it earlier in the game? And then by the end, you have the things you need to, to, to deal with it, you know? 
point, so maybe they just kept it in for that to try and add some type of variety, I guess. I guess. But it just kind of seemed, I don't want to say out of place, but, like, almost unnecessary. Because it's, like, I don't want to say super heavy-handed in the beginning, but you all your instances are, like, in the first, like, like five or six chapters. Yeah. I feel like the whole back half of the game, they don't have any any of that. Um, I think only like once or twice towards the end. New, yeah. Process. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, we might as well just go ahead and knock out two other things before we get to the P. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk, go back a little bit cause, uh, to, to combat and let's might as well talk about bosses. Let's just talk about the large, no, we don't have to talk about bosses. Forget that. Let's talk about the camera. I mean, is it was it that? I mean, was it that bad? I mean, it. I don't know. I didn't find it. I feel like it has to be talked bad. about just based off of the games we've played in the past and the complaints that we've had. I feel like it is something we need to touch on. I mean it. It was okay. Did it? You know? Did it cause me some frustration sometimes? Yeah, but. More often than not, it worked, I guess. It's so, functional. How about that? Put that on the back of the box. So it's functional. We, we talked about this over ramen the other night. Yeah, with Dante. And, Dante. <laughs> and it is a step above Ninja Gaiden. For us. For us. Yeah. Not for Dante. For <laughs> us. <laughs> like, the ability to be able to still... Like, I think because of the camera distance which is what you may have mentioned, Marcus, it makes it a little bit more accessible. Whereas <laughs> Dante said, you're all dead to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think because of the camera distance, it still made, you know, viewing everything pretty easy. Whereas in Ninja Gaiden, you were like right there on the on the character's shoulder. So for me... Yes, in Ninja Gaiden, you could move the camera, but like as Trevor had said, like it didn't make it easy to do that. And in this game, you're dealing with a fixed camera that's usually askew or kind of like tilted and at a slant or like slanted above the, the the field or whatever. And so you're not you're you're seeing a lot of the battlefield, but you're not seeing sometimes all of it. Or enemies will be coming from off screen. The thing I will say, and I've said this in our internal chat, that the reason why I liked combat in this game, despite being simpler and more basic than in Ninja Gaiden, was because I felt safer, I guess you could say, um, uh, because I had ranged attacks. So even if there was enemies that I couldn't necessarily see on screen, I could felt safe enough or felt confident enough that I'd be able to react to them popping up because I had these ranged attacks. So even if like, I'm never going to be on the edge of the screen, I'm usually like in the center of the screen. So when I see somebody coming from the side of the screen, I can swing and hit them and not worry about them sneaking up on me or getting a free hit in. And then on top of that too, just the fact that you have that light magic system, even if I did get hit, it is so, like, you're not punished in the same way in this game that you were in, like, a Ninja Gaiden. So even though there were times that I didn't care for the camera angle, for me, it mostly popped up in the platforming and less in the combat. 
Though I will say there are times when I'm like, I wish I could change this camera angle. Guess what? I can't. It's a fair assessment. All right. We'll talk about bosses last. So let's go into these puzzles. <laughs> All right. So, honestly... These puzzles were dope. <laughs> honestly... Yeah, they're pretty good. I did not consider these puzzles at first. But wow. Then, well, hold, hold on. But when the game tells you puzzle solved, you know, you get so-and-so amount of experience, that, that start to make me think, like, are these puzzles, though? What? What's the classification so, of a puzzle? Like, they're only a puzzle if somebody calls them a puzzle? <laughs> so, a lot of them that, that say they're solved are basically you just finding the correct order for something. There's really not a... Like a... I don't know, it's, it's almost like a guessing, either a guessing game or... No, he did. Just, no, he did. Uh, <laughs> Okay. They usually okay. So when you so the way that they introduce puzzles typically is by a fallen knight, right? So like usually like you'll go to a fallen knight or like something will give you the directions of the game or give you a hint, you know, and it may be in the form of a riddle or it may not be. I feel like there was only like two or three instances in this game. Where I went into something not knowing what I needed to do. Did you feel like? Did you feel like that wasn't the case? No, I like immediately knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing. I'm saying as far as like solving things was more of just like trial and error. Like I think one of the earliest puzzles in the game was where you have to turn those rings. Um, to... I need more than that. <laughs> huh? I said, I, I need a little more than that. I ain't played this game in like three weeks. <laughs> um, so there's like a bridge that you have to get to. You're trying to get to Maria or Marie. Is it Maria? Yeah. Marie. Um, oh, yeah. You're, you're trying to get to her and you have to turn these rings. Well, oh, the inner ring, the outer ring, yeah. and then the center. So okay. when you turn yeah. one dial, it turns two rings one way. And then if you try to turn another dial... It changes the directions on two more rings, so it's it's a common puzzle that's been used in in video games a lot. But that kind of stuff isn't. It, it's a puzzle, yes, but like I said, because it's been used so many times, it's it's kind of a trial and error type thing, and not necessarily a puzzle. And then also to add to that, with that specific one. If you don't solve it in time, it's like you automatically die, and then you basically just have to, to restart. restart. And, it's, and it's not really a—it doesn't really give you that much time to do it. So it's kind of telling you it has to be done in only a couple of moves, or you only have a couple of moves to figure it out. And that doesn't seem as much of a puzzle to me as like actually trying to. I don't know, solve something with unlimited time. I don't know. So, like, I guess I get a little bit what you're saying. You're saying, like, a lot of the things that you come across in this game are, like, oh, you just have to bang your head against this enough times and then you'll get the right answer. Pretty much. And less, like, logic involved. Right. But, like, I still think, like, I... I don't, I don't know, because, like, 
so like their game of because I'm trying to think what I played that was actually in in the game versus in the DLC. Because like I can only think of one puzzle, and I don't know if did you guys do the one with the moon, the puzzle near the end of the game, where you had to like turn the moon to a certain spot and then have the right day and the right month. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that that's in the that's in the game. That's not DLC. That that one I felt like there's there's nothing like <laughs> I felt like that one you needed the internet in. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely cheated on that one. Like I, I, I didn't feel like what they and like the cool thing, not cool, I guess, but it, it depends on if what the experience you want to get out of this game is. It's like it'll tell you how much experience you will get completing the puzzle, but then it'll also tell you um, you can solve the puzzle or get a hint or help or whatever and you'll get less experience or no experience or something like that but you can like you don't have to use like you don't have to do this puzzle you can just skip it but you won't get any experience for doing it and i did appreciate that but like so things were involved um what about the the uh the the switches that you had to pound with the electricity trevor did those count as puzzles where you had to pound the switch to change the gates of the electricity and then you would have to like go through that maze see to me that's still like banging your head against something until you get to the solution it's not necessarily like you said involving any logic or anything not to say that all puzzles require logic it sounds like that's what you're saying yeah i was about to say it, it, it sounds like you can't have a puzzle where you have to trial and error. I mean, like, I guess it sounds like there has to be... The trial and error has to be not amount of lives. You're not throwing a bunch of lives at this puzzle. You're throwing, like, a bunch of attempts at it or something. Right. I don't know. It was just... So, like, what about the ones where you had to light up all of the squares with the run or the charge? Or the puzzle where you had to do the zigzag with the rappel and light up all of the um, icons or whatever. See, I only started this argument because we took away from what are actually puzzles and, and put like this definition on it. Hmm. Man, I get, so, I, but so I get now, why you're saying it's not, but like, like chess is not a puzzle, it's a game, right? <laughs> I mean, you're right. <laughs> but I really like playing the chess in this game. It was really fun. Um, there was a... Uh, this was in the DLC. But remember the um, the vampire chick that had the uh, big body bag uh, dude with the stitches? Yeah. The puppet? Yep. Um, there was a puzzle in the DLC that you had to, like, push blocks around and basically get the uh control one of those um dolls um and send him from the beginning to this hole or like to the end point and he could only move in a straight line so you had to manipulate and push the blocks in a way that he wouldn't run into the edge um which was on fire and you'd have to start over and that was a really cool puzzle but that wasn't the dlc so you didn't play it um a lot of the um, the other, like, the ones I didn't like were the ones where you had to either have light magic or dark magic um, 
activated and just punch something and you lost damage if you had the wrong one but a lot of those gave you like um uh, there was a riddle that you were solving with it and would those have counted as puzzles because you're still throwing like it's trial and error but you're trying to solve a riddle and that like i think there was one that said like the two on the left are the same color the fourth one is red there are two blues or something like that, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's like, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's it's really stumped me. Like another one, this was more like banging your head against it, but the music box was like, it was basically a puzzle. The entire level was a puzzle. Right. However, it was trial and error because you just had to roll the dice that you were choosing the right color sequence by the end. Like when you finally got all the ability, all the, the, the keys, the different colors, when you knew you were getting to that last part to get out, you had to choose the right order. Or the same thing with the crows with the scarecrow, where it was like not necessarily a puzzle, but it was just kind of, it was trial and error, but it was still, I, I don't know, like... I get what you're saying. It wasn't a problem for me. Yeah, I was about to say, is that an issue? No, 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 not at all. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm comparing our term puzzle to the games or or our definition of what we've, after playing certain games that we've played, I'm not going to say any names. Go ahead, say the games. <laughs> make it easier. Make it easier for me to understand. Because um, I'm thinking like, wait, Forgotten Anne, our criticism was was it didn't it didn't do enough to explain to us how to solve something and the difference in this game to that game is i can count on like one hand the puzzles in that game quote unquote puzzles or whatever we want to call them and in this game i felt like they they popped up more frequently and there was enough instances where they gave a riddle or some type of clue that the ones that they didn't like there was probably just as many puzzles that they didn't give you any clues in Lords of Shadows as total puzzles in Forgotten Anne. And so like Forgotten Anne had like here we have puzzles in this game and not a single one of them they explained anything. So where in this game I feel like they did explain about 90% of the puzzles in this game. So I don't want to drag this on too long, but why couldn't Papa EO how come some of that gameplay couldn't be con- more simple puzzles like compare it to the puzzles in this game Papa Yo was a long time ago so I'm not <laughs> sure no 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 I'm, I'm, I'm it, it was a long time ago so I'm not sure where I landed on the fence with that game that's all that's all I was saying I remember Dante okay. saying the game didn't have puzzles and I and I think that I argued against him but I don't remember where I landed as far as like are these just easy puzzles or not you know that's all I was trying to say Okay, so we gotta get Dante on. We can have this. <laughs> I, I I didn't have a I didn't have a problem with this because it was like a. But besides the, I think that that was one of the highlights of the game for me. Like combat, like the combat with the magic system, I really liked. I really liked the puzzles in this game, and then the platforming was kind of like iffy for me. So I was like. Two of the three things I, I was here for, you know? So Dante says they were more fillers. There wasn't anything to actually solve. 
Okay. And I did not feel like these were the... I feel like these were a little bit more... Uh, required a little bit more intensive playing thought. So, never mind. I, I was going to compare it to like some of the gameplay in Hellblade, but I don't know. I think we spent enough... So Trevor doesn't like the puzzle in this game, got it? No, no. I, <laughs> I mean, Trevor doesn't like I'm, what you would, what others would consider puzzles in this game, got it? <laughs> I like the gameplay in this game. I'm not going to call them puzzles. I'm going to call them gameplay, but I, li- <laughs> I like it. I like it. It was fun. I'm, I'm just wondering whether or not we should call them puzzles just because the game called them puzzles. Brain teasers. <laughs> Mind ticklers? <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, now that I think about it, it's like, would you, would you have that same cr- criticism for, like, Resident Evil? Because I feel like these, Resident Evil at this point does very similar, it's like, shine, like, one of the things in this game was, like, shine a light all the way through this entire library. And that is like a Resident Evil uh, style puzzle. And I've never thought like, is this a puzzle in Resident Evil? I'm just thinking like, oh, this is a Resident Evil puzzle. Because like, this is just like an experience specific to Resident Evil. And and And, comparing that specific puzzle in this game in uh, Castlevania, I would look at it along the lines of in Papo EO, where you're basically turning levers to make certain things line up so that you can get to the next point. Mm-hmm. And I, from what I remember, we didn't necessarily consider those to be puzzles. I don't know if it was just because they were too simple. There wasn't enough uh, depth in them. I think in Papa Yo, that was the case. But, like, I don't know. But because... I, would, I would put that along the same lines. Because, like I said, there wasn't there weren't any like multiple ways to come to the solution and sometimes like i said it it was trial and error it was just you know it wasn't there wasn't any i feel like, like if that's the case then if, if if the if that's the case then a game that we we're going to be playing later this month would also be the same thing and i don't know how i feel about that Maybe I'm just thinking about certain puzzles in the game and not necessarily all of them. Like, I I definitely, yeah, I think that is the case, but I also, like, again, I understand... Because I'm I'm thinking about the game that we're playing next now, and, like, a lot of times... It's the same. (laughs) No, no. A lot of times, I can just sit there and think about it. But with Castlevania, you can't really figure it out Unless you're actually trying it. You see what I'm saying? I I mean, I think you could figure out the ring puzzle without doing a move if you looked at it. If you knew, like, oh, if I move this inner one, it's only going to move the one touching it. If I move this middle one, it's going to turn both the inside and the outside one. If I move this outside one, it's only, like, you can look at that puzzle and solve it without actually making, like, just mashing buttons to go through it. I don't think many people would do it that way, but it is possible to complete the puzzle that way. There's another puzzle where, you know, like the, 
in Peggle, remember in Peggle, like um, at the end, uh, once you hit the last one, the little thing at the bottom came, and if you hit it in the center, if it went in the hole in the center, it was the most points, and the further out, it was less points. Mm-hmm. There was a puzzle, I believe, in the DLC where you had to basically um, move the switch. You had a ball at the top of the screen, and you had flippers uh, that you were like um, integrated throughout the uh, environment, and there was five holes, and you had to light up every single flipper and also light up every single hole. So you had to, and the ball always dropped from the same spot, so you had to like light light this path up and then you had to like move this flipper and light this path up, which means that some of these flippers would be unlit when they got hit the second time. And it was like a like that was another like you had to think about what you were doing. That one you couldn't just like keep doing enough turns and then everything would be lit up. But like there's more instances of what you are saying than the ones that stop and make you think. So I, I will give you that. I would say it's probably like 70 30 75 25 where i feel like only a quarter of the puzzles in this game were ones where if if that much were ones where you could like look at it solve it before you actually started doing it like the same way you would do with the game that we were going to be playing later this month if that makes any sense yeah because there also there also are puzzles in that game later that uh you just you are going to waste some moves and like have to just bang your head up against the wall of like many many lives worth in order to figure out how the puzzle works and i feel like that is more akin to this game but i I just feel like because you're adding on the logic aspect of it 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 automatically qualifies as a puzzle whereas in this one it's kind of iffy i don't know i i think we all enjoyed the that part of this game gameplay yeah, we all enjoyed that. <laughs> um, damn, where'd the time go? I, I know that's why I was really trying to not to add on to it, but um, and uh, I guess let's talk about the bosses. And I guess we can kind of, I, I can think of like three different style of bosses. So like, they had the the. Titans, mm-hmm. which are the ones that you you kind of said like the the, the uh, shadows of the Colossus style, where there are these characters that you have to like interact with and like literally climb on and find their weak points and attack those. And I believe there was two of those type of bosses in this game. Yeah, there was the, like the stone giant, or I guess stone titan, and then the dragon serpent. Don't you like the stone titan like twice? Oh, there's an ice. There's an ice one too. Oh, yeah. 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 So there's three titans. Um, What did you guys think about the titans? I thought they were good. Um, Definitely gave you that shadow, you know, kind of uh, gives you the platforming element. Yeah, when I first got to that level and it told me I had to like mount the, the titan, I stopped and I was like, oh, are we really doing this? Is this going down? And that was another thing that made me really like this game. The Titans were my least favorite part of this oh, game. Oh boy! Uh, Even the last one? I hated the last. <laughs> <laughs> that last one. 
I that was the thing I was messaging you guys about. Where like I literally been on this boss for forty minutes and I haven't hit landed a hit. I don't know what to do, and I could not for the life of me figure out like that one in particular. I could not figure out how to go forward on him, how to get to his weak point. I mean, it took me a few tries to figure it out for sure. And but. and it just like there's nothing like I, I I've never played Shadows of the Colossus. I've only seen it played, but there's nothing fun about crawl, 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 hold right trigger to to hold on, crawl, 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 hold right trigger to like that was not that was I did not care for that. And then there was um, I want to say the second. The the second one, what was the one where you had to like get him to throw a rock at you and then you had to like twirl it? Was that the first one or the second one? That was one? the second one. That one, there was a later part where he was throwing a bunch of rocks at you and you had to like jump from rock to rock or something yeah. like that. And I messed that up at least a dozen times in a row because I was thinking like it didn't do it. I didn't feel like I understood what I needed to do at that section. Like, I, I was trying to do something that the game had taught me to do, and it wasn't working, and I couldn't understand for the life of me why it wasn't working, and I kept getting hit and having to start that part over. So, like, that one took me a while as well. Um, but I don't know. Like, there's there's nothing fun to me about crawling on the... Like, is this the worst part of the traversal? It's not like you're swinging or uh, double jumping or like you're just climbing. You're just one hand after the other, you know? You're not even like quickly jumping or anything. You're just so... And then you're just getting to a weak point and just mashing an attack button. And then holding on the right trigger because he's going to shake. And then you just mash it a couple more times. That was like the, the, the least fun part of this game for me. (laughs) <laughs> um, y'all are like shocked <laughs> I mean I don't know I guess, I guess I can see how if you got a fundamental problem with the gameplay flow there it's not gonna it's not gonna be you know I just like it, 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 it. It, it was the least of normal of normal platforming and titan platforming give me normal platforming of normal combat boss combat and then combat against a titan give me those other like Every, to me, every single thing that you do with the Titan is worse than the normal mode of that, I guess you could say. There was nothing compelling about being on the... T- like, it was cool that you're on this giant moving creature, yes, but, like, I don't know, like... Maybe... Game's been doing that for a while, so... <laughs> I was about to say, maybe it was just, like, the frustration with, like like failing at it a couple of times just started to get to, I mean, I don't know. I guess I didn't, I didn't, the only time I ever had like a, a hard time would have been the dragon at the end. Cause that was kind of difficult. And I think the, on the second Titan, I had like a couple deaths because I was slow trying to catch the rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. But outside of that, I mean, they didn't really overstay their welcome, I guess. And then, and it was just fun to, I mean, I appreciate all the stuff where you kind of... There was, like, big-scale things in this game. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's my, why I, I liked them so much. I think it was definitely, like, a, a, a way for them to, like, show the environment and all that. And it was cool. And, and it even introduced 
like the being able to grab the rock and fling it back was really sick. But like that was the only time you ever did it. So it just kind of was like, okay, cool. Um, I don't know, like nothing about the Titan, like nothing about fighting the Titans stood out as like, this is cool besides the spot, the part that you're actually dealing with the Titan, I guess. Like, the combat against the Titan was not more fun than anything else. Didn't stand out. And same with the traversal part of it. So, um, what about you, Trevor? I mean, I know you liked it, but... There was a lot of, um... I don't don't know what else to say. Like, this part of the the game was enjoyable to me. I like bosses like this, where it's not necessarily you just trying to figure out attack patterns and, you know button mashing or or trying to get a combo in it's more so of you it, it it makes me feel like I'm more involved with the game sure sure um because I'm using the um you know the skills like Assassin's Creed doesn't do a lot of this anymore but like with the grappling hook being able to do that to get to the other side of the Titan or whatever um, boss that you're climbing, you know, that feels more engaging to me um, than, you know, you're not necessarily just running across it. You're not running from the tailbone up to the head. You know, you're literally trying to, like, basically the boss is the level design. Yeah. And and that's what's pretty interesting to me. That's that's kind of why I enjoy it so much. Okay. Um, so, the other style of bosses I really liked. So, the, I mean, obviously it was really, really fun fighting the, uh, the Lords of Shadows, but even beyond them, like, one of my favorite bosses was that Cyclops. Like, I I really liked, and like what you alluded to earlier, Trevor, the bosses that had a specific type of win condition... Mm-hmm. Where it was like it wasn't just taking down their life; you had to take down their life and do something else. So, like that werewolf, where you had to take down its life and pull it to that that stake. The 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 colossus, where you had to pull his pull him through that uh, that stake. Um, that that butcher character, I forgot how you had to kill him. There was another character that you had to like kick into a furnace or like a pit of lava or something like that. And those bosses were really fun to me as well. The, um, the, the, was it the werewolf as well? Or there was one of the characters that you had to kick into like a, a coffin that had spikes in it or something like that. Oh, there was the one that, um, like whenever it got low on health, it would go to those, um, the body bags and suck its blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and like those were all tight to me. Like I, I dug all of those um, those fights. Do you guys got anything? <laughs> no, no, I, I completely agree with you. Like those yeah. are some of the best fights in the game. Like even I still like the Titans more, but I mean they were good. I mean I, I didn't I didn't find any of the boss battles like particularly like bad. I guess maybe like the Necromancer towards the end wasn't like which one was super... that. Um, you fight the Necromancer, I want to say, in, like, the second to last chapter, maybe the last chapter, like, a few times. 
that was like crazy, but uh, yeah, the rest of them were pretty good. And even like I'm trying to think like um, when you fought the uh, the Silver Knight, that was fun. Uh, fighting the uh, Claudia's protector was pretty fun. Oh yeah, like like I really like it. It was literally for me the non Titan boss fights. I really dug. There were a couple bosses where I was like, oh, this one was more difficult than it need to be. Or like, I think that last um, fighting uh, the last boss, um, I didn't really care for. Um, shoot. Uh, mostly, like, the thing I did like, too, it was like, I felt like when you died, um, when you died against a boss or when you fought a boss without a lot of magic... It was more difficult. Like I, I really specifically with the, the the Silver Knight when you fought against Pan, where he was using those bosses that also had the magic ability to like counter your magic ability. I, I really dug those fights where it was like, oh, you have to use this specific ability against this character. Um, this you know either the shadow or the light magic or whatever. Those were more fun to me than just like the normal boss. Oh, wasn't um. I'm trying to remember the boss you fought that was like towards the end where you had to use it wasn't the last one but I want to say it was the pan or yeah whatever. yeah pan yeah. yeah and you had to use the you had to counter his magic mm-hmm. yeah and it was just more involved more fun yeah um shoot um what'd you guys think about do we have anything else gameplay wise uh, I think we hit it I have problems. one more. The goddamn chupacabras. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hated running into them. <laughs> so, what these guys were were these characters that when you ran into them, it was almost like they they looked like um those characters in between levels in Golden Axe that would steal your uh uh your gold and you would have to wake up and hit them before they went off the screen. You know what I'm talking about, Greg? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so the Chupacabra would, like, you would discover him. He would take away all your abilities, so you couldn't have your double jump. You couldn't use your magic or whatever, and you had to get to him, and he would keep running away, like, for a set amount of time. Um, But you were also fighting normal enemies, like, that you would normally fight, and it just changed the, the game and, like... It made me realize I didn't like the combat with magic, <laughs> like honestly, and it just it, it kind of also was like, man, like I've gotten so many abilities that I'm relying on, and it's so whack to just use this weapon just by itself, basic, you know. I didn't like them when those segments came up, but like I want to say for the most part, they didn't, they weren't very long outside of the couple that you had to actually solve a puzzle. To uh to get to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like a um, it wasn't the worst thing, but it just was very annoying when you had to deal with it. Oh yeah, you know, because you, you're just so accustomed to everything that you have and trying to go back without that a little jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else gameplay wise than Trevor or Greg? Uh, not gameplay. Okay, what do you guys think about the ending? Do you remember it, Greg? Uh, so you played it way more recently, Trevor. 
Um, from what I, you might have to, do you remember it? Um, yeah. So you're talking about like the final cutscene, or like the, the final, the final cutscene? Yeah. Um, like, oh, okay. like yeah, before, or after the credits. Uh, the after the credits. Okay, I think after that's the, the most credits? important one. Um, does this lead into the next game? Kind of. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did not know this game. I did. Is is this about uh, vampire hunters? <laughs> so is, is, uh, that they <laughs> is that what they are? Is that what they are? So, huh? Like, I knew there were lichens at the beginning. I knew there was going to be like this. Um, uh, what's the the genre? Um, I can't think of the 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 term for it. Dante's talking about with the blinking white guy. Um. There's a specific genre for like stuff that happens in that time period, like um, or stuff. Dante says Buffy Vania. I never watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, I haven't either. Um, but stuff like Underworld and um, or at least I know your time like, like like the uh, prequel to vampires versus yeah. werewolves or lichens or yeah that whole deal where it's kind of more of like a Slavic um um like origin I don't know yeah I can't think of the term of it for it but that's I kind of got that vibe at the beginning of the game but then throughout the game it started you find mi- everything yeah it started mixing in like RPG like you know, common You're enemies like and everything. Goblins yeah. and skeletons and, and bats and, and so, serpents. and I'm, I'm just like, okay, this guy gets smoke from anybody, you know. Yeah. Um, but then when it got to the end and it just went like super underworld, I was just like, wait a minute. You know, is Blade about to come out? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what's about to happen right now? Because, you know, he's sitting in a cathedral like... You know, long hair looking like a vampire, and you don't see any of that throughout the you know the the main parts of the game. And so, I think. Go ahead. What ends up? I think how he ends up like that is it's something that happens in the DLC. In the DLC. It happens then, in the DLC. Yeah, and and uh, I want to say there's something in between. Like, so I want to say the DS game fills in a little bit of this. The 3DS game. Um, but anyway, yeah, Gabriel ends up turning into Dracula, and uh, what's the dude that that old dude that comes to see him? Uh, uh, I have it, Zobek. Yeah, Zobek comes back and tells him that Satan's coming back, so they've got to kind of join. Man, like the thing that blew my mind and that made it so sick was like you see Zobek, or you see like a hooded character, and I'm like, because Zobek is a um he's a fellow uh brotherhood of light and what you find out he's like you meet him pretty early in the game and he's like helping you out and everything and like he goes like oh it's like you go this way i go that way and you guys split up and then you meet together chapters later and everything like that and he seems pretty cool he's just like a more 
established member of the Brotherhood of Light. And then by the end, you're like, yo, me and Zobek are here. We're about to take down, um, shoot, what's the, the, the uh, shoot. What, what was, is it, it wasn't, uh, who do you fight? The boss. It's not Satan at the time. No. Well, yeah, no, the, the, the dude with the, the naked dude, <laughs> that's Satan, I believe. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Then you fight Satan and it comes to find out that Zobek has been working. I don't think purposely, like he's been manipulated and is working with, um, Satan and uh, to try to get to this point to help out Satan, and then you fight Satan. Zobek supposedly, like I guess, is killed, and then so you see this mysterious character, and he's hooded and everything. He goes into this church. He's like breaking down this wall. He's climbing up this huge thing, and like then he sees this this character, and like it's Zobek, and he looks the same as he did, and then your character, Gabriel, is super, like, old-looking, with the long hair, like they say, and then he's basically, like, telling him, yo, like, we need to come together, we need to deal with Satan, it's gonna come back, and we need to deal with him, and then, like, he even mentions that you became a vampire, and I'm like, wait, hold up, how? Like, you don't see it, because, um, dang, we might as well just say the ending, too, um, we already have, really. But uh, yeah. you get the mask, and you're like, cool, um, Marie, she's back. We're going to be together again. And she's like, oh, no, I'm at peace now. I can finally go to heaven. And then you're super, Gabriel's super emo, because he's like, I've been doing this the whole time to save my wife. I'd be, be pissed, wife. too. Huh? I said, I'd be pissed, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you come to find out, too, he's been having these visions. He was manipulated by the devil and he was the one that murdered his own wife and so he's super remorseful about that as well but he's like i'm gonna right these wrongs that i've committed and i'm gonna save my wife and um she ends up like i'm I'm going to heaven dog like you need you're still needed on earth you still need there's still so much good you can do and you still need to do that so you know he's sad and like so that's when you last see him, which he's told by his wife to do good. And then the next time you see him, he's a freaking vampire. And it's like, yo, what happened? And I guess it's still technically on site between Zobek and Gabriel. So they immediately start fighting when they see each other. <laughs> and then I think Gabriel like knocks Zobek out the window of the cathedral or the church they're in. No, the other and way around. Freaky, yeah. And then it's freaking like a car. And I'm like, yo, wait, hold up. <laughs> it, it made me think of Doctor Strange. Like, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're they're in modern day. But Zobek looks the same. Because the game, I, you know, like takes place initially like in the uh, 1047. So this is literally like a thousand years later. Zobek looks the same. And Gabriel hasn't died. Like, he's a vampire. And then it's like, okay, I understand why Gabriel, if he's a vampire, I understand why he's still alive. What is up with Zobek? And like, how did they get to modern day? And then I'm like, oh shoot, we get to play as vampires and whatever in modern day? And I went into the DLC so excited. And it was so disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) It was so disappointing. Um, But yeah, like I was super, 
I'm trying to think of a game I was more excited about. Like, I need to see what's next. That had me so hyped. Like, I like I felt like I'm ready. Like, I'm like I I thought I was tired after playing 20 plus hours of this game, but I was like, sign me up for another 20. Like, I want to see this world. And um, unfortunately, uh, I don't know. The I, I played one of the two DLCs and. Um, you get to see Gabriel become a vampire in the DLC I played. Um, but uh, the um, I, I, I want to play Gabriel in modern times, and I didn't get that. So I think I remember Vinny being upset about the ending of this game, for sure. But I want to say he had an issue with that. You know, you get to the end and you're like, okay, this is is setting this up and you think that the DLC is, is what it's going to be. And yeah, not so much, but I think, uh, Lords of Shadow two picks up right after this. So. Yeah, it does. But, um, um, I, I've heard not great things about that game. Same. Yeah. So it's less compelling, less, uh, desire to play it you know like i've heard really good things about this game i still may check it out at some point but it i don't have the same thing pulling me the way i did with this game where i knew this game was like i don't want to say good but (laughs) well regarded i guess you could say you know (sighs) um yeah did you did you guys feel any way about the ending or was it just me? Um, was I, I, was, I was mostly just confused and thought it would more so be uh, like resolved in a sequel or a DLC. Gotcha. Yeah, I was kind of confused. Uh, I was definitely kind of intrigued by the the uh, you know the move to like current times. So I was like, man, like what just happened? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it definitely, like, I mean, I, I had no, honestly, I had no intentions of playing Lords of Shadow 2, but I kind of want to just to see how this goes. Uh, so I might end up doing that. Okay. They got they got you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and along with that, too, another reason why I was so confused and trying to figure out, like, what era or genre this game takes place in is because they cover so much mythology and folklore and like it's it's not necessarily rooted in anything specific like the baba yaga for instance i was surprised to that they like they use some of the actual names for like certain characters from certain folklore mm-hmm. and you know they directly reference satan and um it's another character pan you know, they all come from different, you know, mythologies. Yeah. So that was another reason why I was so confused because I'm used to like playing games, especially like this. You know, I'm used to like God of War and and Dante's Inferno. Like they Just all like one specific yeah. type of yeah. Like there there was a lot of to me Ninja Gaiden vibes because there was so many different types of it. like not that Ninja Gaiden like necessarily picked up mythologies. But you were fighting like skeletons and ninjas and robots and soldiers mm-hmm. and dinosaurs and like all these different creatures. Like 
in Ninja Gaiden, and like it was the same thing in this, where you were fighting like goblins and mummies and scarecrows and skeletons and vampires and werewolves and trolls and a chupacabra and uh, a wit like you know a vamp like just so much a cyclops and it was just kind of like okay so like nothing is off off the table in this mm-hmm. game and that was definitely the one of the things I liked was the variety of enemies you fought in this game I, I just was like okay cool like oh yeah you're not fighting the same batch of enemies definitely was... that and the way they kind of like each area has its own theme like it's always mm-hmm. refreshing when games do that like you know you're in a specific level once you um like you know you transition once you see like everything is different and you can kind of tell okay this is you know this level because you know we're in like the swamp environment or it's this level because it's more of like a desert environment and so it's always, you know, it's always helpful to see those things, like, because it, it kind of, like, um, subconsciously lets you know that you're progressing throughout the game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you're not seeing the same thing over and over. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything else that we need. Oh, the other, I guess the only other thing I can think of is this game does have a uh, pretty cool collectible stuff in it i will say like the collectibles directly like impact the game and like you collect uh kind of like in zelda how you have to collect like four hard pieces in the old zeldas or um four spirit orbs and to to upgrade your character you just reference zelda because you're playing it right now hey (laughs) you right but it's um the same thing where you um you collect four um little pieces for uh the light magic for for the dark or the shadow magic and you can up that bar as well and so those are sprinkled throughout the game as well as um uh i forgot the other thing that's sprinkled throughout to get your life up as well and um so i did a decent amount of those and was pretty had the decent size bars of magic and then they also added um once you beat a level which i guess we didn't really even mention um this isn't like a you're, th- this game is sectioned off so like when you play like the first chapter you're playing like 10 to 20 minute segments of the game and i remember trevor saying something really early that it felt like arcadey yeah and i actually enjoyed that i i, I dug that about the game so you could like um, pick it up and get in and get a couple of knock a, a couple of sections out without like having to be able to commit like two hours or something like that to a chapter. Um, so I dug that, and then it's also cool because it means that they're for the most part are a little bit more environments, and there's like they kind of divide the sections up, and then it also means that it's easier. Uh, to if you are a collect uh, person that is uh, into collecting things uh, and 100% in games, you can easily hop back into the section that you didn't find all the collectibles. And then they also have like challenges that they introduce. And um, uh, as you're getting more items later in the game, you can revisit earlier levels and play through them with those items and be able to access things that you weren't able to initially access uh, because you didn't have that item. So there, there is a, a 
bunch of replayability that was pretty compelling even for myself as somebody that doesn't normally like go back to games like this i was thinking about like i had beaten this game like like i said three weeks ago even the dlc and i was thinking about just going back in and trying some of those challenges uh kind of like what trevor alluded to where there'd be like defeat i think there was a challenge like defeat 150 zombies or defeat uh the uh wave of enemies in three minutes or less and like that is the overall like beat this level in eight minutes or less and so like there's these challenges that are associated with the uh each section as well and i was like i I should try some of those just to see how it felt but i just i never got around to doing it but it, it did seem like something cool and i could understand why people felt the way they felt about this game <sighs> this was a long episode it's good to be back <laughs> um you guys have anything else um i guess the only other thing is do you guys think the game held up one i actually, actually two things do you think the game held up and do you have any interest in going back to any of the other castlevania games past or uh future after this game you know um I think it holds up. It, it's still like a pretty competent action adventure game. You know, I think the technical stuff from when I played it on 360 was pretty much cleaned up. But, I mean, it still looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of like the pre-rendered cutscenes that run at like the old frame. As far as Castlevania games, uh, I've had interest in trying to go back and play. I like I had always like I started a couple times and just never. Fit. I mean, I've been thinking about trying to. Play. Um, I'd be down to do that. Trevor? Yeah, I mean, I still want to go back and play um, the 2D games. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, and do you think it held up? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like you were saying earlier, this game kind of touches on every aspect of RPG lore. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's something in there for everybody. As far as, like, the graphics and everything... Like, I played partially on 360 and then partially on um, Xbox One through backwards compatibility. It definitely looks better um, on the Xbox. I don't know if it was because of the TV I was using. But, um, but yeah, I think it still holds up. Like, the especially the cutscenes. Like, I don't know if there's... Wasn't there a Netflix movie? There was a Netflix show. Or a show? Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. mind watching one, like in the same style of the cutscenes that are in. The- you want to just watch the show they got? <laughs> <laughs> is it is it like that though? No, nah, I think nah. it's um, it's kind of like anime. Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah, it's I was gonna say it's probably like Forgotten Anne. Uh, honestly, um, the one oh, thing va- I- vampire anime, nah, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I was gonna say was um. The second, the, the DLC I played, they changed up the art style of the cutscenes in the game. So it was more like stills and uh, it wasn't as compelling. But it reminded me of um, when we did the DLC. I don't remember if you guys remember, but DLC for Enslaved, how the cutscenes were one way and then the, the DLC for Pigsy's Perfect 10 was stylized a completely different way. Right. Oh, yeah. And it, it, to me, when it did it that way, it was more compelling. But then when I when it was done in this game, it was less compelling. Um, and I don't know if the second DLC did the same thing or u- utilized a new uh, 
new um, style, but it definitely was like a stylistic choice. But I think it more so had to do with uh, their budget than um, like thinking it actually looked good. Um, and yeah, and for me, um, yeah, I probably would check out definitely check out the Netflix show. I forgot about that. Um, but uh, yeah, this this definitely uh, I'm interested is uh, to check out the second game. I, I I might I might get around to doing it. Um, but uh, even still like just some of the other games that I didn't play see how those are um I I wouldn't be opposed um so Trevor great game great experience absolutely great great game great experience yep yeah I'll agree with you guys um I guess the uh did you guys I I pulled it up but we kind of alluded to it earlier um we all um we all rated or ranked our games that we played last year. And I think Greg had, so Greg played less games. He didn't do any of the bonus casts. He had 14 and me and Trevor had 19 games. Um, Trevor had his, the highest at, in fourth. Greg had his in seventh and I had mine at ninth. And I think I was the only one when we made these that I was the only one that had completed the game. Uh, are you guys still solid and cool where you guys rated the game? Do you wish you could have put it higher? Do you wish you could have moved it lower? I'm I'm going to look at my list, what I had above it. Well, while he's doing that, I wouldn't change a thing. Okay. Like, my list is perfect. For you. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> yeah, look, looking at mine, yeah, I think I'd probably keep it where it's Okay. Like. Yeah, and I, I obviously I, I feel the same way. I, I think I actually I hadn't played the DLC, but I, I wouldn't have. I would not count the DLC against it as a as a negative to it, even though I didn't really like it or it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Um, I'm, I'm I don't know if I told you this, Greg, but I'm kind of sad that you weren't on Black Mesa after I saw your list, just because you had it so ranked higher than me and Trevor did and I would have been yeah. it would have been I'm interested to know like what was it about that game like not that you have to say anything now but uh it would have been cool to have heard your take on the game I might might drop a jewel on <laughs> at some point, um so yeah I think that's it for Castlevania Lords of Shadow um where uh where can people find you at Greg uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero, Ash Magnegro. Um, where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on the internet at Lyric Unsung. And you can find me in the Last Minute League uh, Basketball Yahoo NBA Basketball Fantasy League. I am currently in second place after being in first place for the longest time, and I'm pretty sad about it. And I'm struggling. Give me your energy. Hands up, everybody. <laughs> oh, tell him, tell him who's in first place, then. Who's in first place? Uh, my friend Josh. Oh, never mind. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play some Oh, I'm in fifth place. <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> I just now looked. Okay. Um, yeah, and um, if you like tuning in to Miss Checkpoints to find out about Hidden Gems, cult classics and indie games and share us with your friends and families 
comment on our Facebook, like us on, or not like us, add us on Twitter, leave us a review, preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts so we can rank higher in the leisure category. Um, And as far as next games, again, we're a little late with this one, so we hadn't put up the schedule, but um, we're going to tweak, we did a little bit of tweaking to kind of fit this game in, so we had to make some adjustments, so... Uh, we are going to play a fan-voted game, um, fan-chosen, off-of-our-list game. I don't know how you want to call it. Um, that will be coming out this month as well. And then, so that will be for January. And then we also have on the dock, uh, February is uh, Greg's month. And we'll be playing Her Story and Gunpoint. Then March will be Trevor's month. And we'll be playing Killer7 again. Um, and then my month of April, and we'll be playing Titanfall 2. And then we'll, we were going to do two fan voted games or fan chosen games in January, but, uh, just to make room for this game, we are going to move one of those games to, uh, April, or excuse me, uh, to May. And so we'll have the January and May as fan voted game. Be on the lookout for those. Uh, do you guys got anything else? All right, we are missed checkpoints and we're out. Peace.